Dents, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is unlucky number 13, but lucky for you, you're still sticking around with us for some reason. Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I uh, I started this new workout program this week, so I'm like, always sore. Always <laughs> um, however, uh, before we get rolling, and I told you I was going to do this, uh, I want to publicly say that I was wrong um, and oh. that Titans is actually r- really good. Because <laughs> I remember you were like, yeah, I watched the, I've been watching Titans. And I was like, oh, man, I've seen all the stuff. It looks terrible. Blah, 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 blah. I'll never watch it because it looks bad. And you were like, give it a try. No, I don't want to. I'd be like, I'll give you, you my password. Stubborn. <laughs> I am very stubborn. Like, come on. But you were like, I'll give you my password to uh, to the DC Universe streaming service. That way, you can just watch it and you don't have to pay anything. I was like, okay, well, you know, you said the magic word, which is free. So, <laughs> so, and then I watched it, and I remember you vividly remember you saying I didn't like the pilot. But the second episode is awesome. And then I watched the pilot and I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the second episode. And now I'm ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. So I just remember you texting me saying, I kind of like the pilot. And then the very next text you got, I got from you was after you had got caught up on episode six. Yes. I was like, oh. <laughs> It's not like we've ever binged a DC Universe show before. Oh, no, not at all. Which I'm sure we'll be brought up later this evening. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that today at all. I just wanted to publicly say I was wrong because, it's first of all, it's DC, and sometimes it's easy. DC fans are the worst. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) This show needs – if you have an opportunity to watch Titans – Watch it. It's way better than I thought it was ever going to be. Now, yeah. do not go into it watch it thinking you're going to get the animated show because then you're dumb. Yeah. It's something <laughs> very different. But really we'll talk is. about it's different really DC really shows good. later as our main topic of yeah. discussion tonight. In honor of the new Young Justice trailer and Young Justice Season 3, Young Justice Outsiders finally being right around the corner. We're going to be talking best DC animated shows of all time which I'm sure is going to be a great discussion there. Um, but yeah, appreciate the apology. And I actually, I think I had my own doubts about our first topic. Um, yeah. The I Lion King trailer. Oh my goodness. This thing was something special. It really was. And it really is just a retread of the opening of the original movie, which is yeah. hilarious. But it's... I think the memes that I've seen of people being like, wait, you're going to make me watch Mufasa die, but like in HD. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. So you apologize for Titans. I got to apologize for Lion King. So way back when Jungle Book came out, my roommate at the time, um, he saw Jungle Book a day before Heather and I did. And he's like, this is awesome. And I want to see a Lion King version of this. And I was like, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Literally within the opening scene of Jungle Book, we're like, I want a Lion King version of this too. Okay. And watching the trailer <laughs> for this, I want it even more. Like this movie, I'm going on record now. This will be a $2 billion movie next year. Easily. Easily. And that's just like, that's just from the kids going and seeing it. The, the the amount of the adults that are going to go see this movie. Oh, adults are going to be shoving kids out of the way for this one. I mean, I won't lie to you. I'm probably going to elbow some a few kids in the face. I mean, they're they're shorter than you. I don't think you have to worry about elbows. Now, punting. Oh, no, no. I'll lean down. I'm, I'm dedicated to this. <laughs> but oh, man. not only was this an amazing trailer, it also... Disney came out and was like, this is our most viewed debut trailer ever with like 224 million views in 24 hours. Yeah, it's, which honestly I wouldn't, 
be surprised because like at, literally after you said i got the text from you about it i, I just i was like oh cool okay i'll check it out a little bit later and i just popped on facebook for for a few minutes and literally there was all i saw was re was shares of the lion king trailer it's like okay geez okay i guess i, I really do have to go see this movie what I is this funny is this for at least from the trailer, I highly doubt the finished product will be like this. Is it feels like it's a shot for shot remake of the original, but not a single person is complaining about it. They're like, You expect me to go into a theater and watch a shot for shot remake of Lion King? Darn right, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you're doing you're giving me Lion King, but in HD. All right, yeah, I'm down <laughs> with James Earl Jones coming back, yeah. And th- I think that was the other thing that that struck me is, and I've, we've talked about the cast before, but like just having them flash the names up in front of me, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! This is it's a killer cast. And the people that they have cast seem like perfect fits. Like, um, you got Donald Glover as Simba. I think that's going to be a really good choice. Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. I actually think that's going to be a really good choice. John oh, Oliver as Zazu. Uh, remind I, I feel like I know who John Oliver is. Remind he's me. one of the late night hosts, the one oh, that kind of looks oh, yeah, like he discounts yeah, 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 Stephen yeah. Colbert. Yeah, yeah, and he's got the weird laugh. I don't know if I've heard him laugh. Okay, so anyway, Josh watches a lot of YouTube videos. Um, that is okay. <laughs> he like I can do a rendition of it if you want. Let's not, because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Well. I oh this trailer got me so hyped up, and I, I like I said I think this is going to be a two billion dollar movie. There's a couple movies next year that have the chance to make big money. This next one, I think also could make two billion dollars. Toy Story Four, Easy. we talked about it the week before, um, but we got some new information, including a new actor that's going to be appearing in it that I would not have pegged with Toy Story in a million years. Tim Allen has come out and said. Keanu Reeves is going to be in Toy Story 4. So, my first question. (laughs) Which Keanu Reeves are we going to get? Oh, I hope it's John Wick. How funny would that... I mean, okay, first of all, John Wick, I feel, is the easy one to do, but also has the, the potential for the most comedic timing. Whereas, like... If you have him go back and do his uh, Adventures of Bill and Ted, I, ha- I thought they might Reeves. do that actually. So you know how like they had Michael Keaton as Ken in Toy Story Three. What if you have Keanu Reeves as Surfer Bro? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or so they. I don't remember if it's confirmed or not, but I think you and I's thought about the plot is going to be them going and finding, uh, finding Bo Peep, right? Yeah, I, that's the story that I think it, it is so far. Okay, so with that, <clears throat> they're going to need a guide. So what if you have like a, a John Wick-style toy? No, just get a John Wick action figure. <laughs> and he's the one that guides them. <laughs> it's not even an action figure. It's one of those like... Um, toy models like you don't actually use yes. it as a toy it's just a model that stands on a counter yes and he and he like and obviously played by by keanu reeves um what would really be funny and probably take everybody out of the movie but like have him be the only like live action actor in the entire movie see that would take me out of it it's not the spongebob oh, movie yeah. here Oh yeah, no, I agree. Which, uh, real quick on SpongeBob. Um, yes, I don't know if you heard the the passing of the creator this past week. So yeah, I, I saw that, and that was really tragic. Uh, it was the SpongeBob creator uh, tragically passed away at age fifty seven of ALS, which oh, ALS, man. Yeah, it slowly takes everything. But so. Anyway, don't want to focus on the bad because of all the awesome stuff that he created. You know, we can talk all all kinds of crap about SpongeBob, but at the end of the day, I'm still over here quoting SpongeBob all the time. Yeah, and funny. honestly, with SpongeBob, it's weird for me to say, but I would actually put SpongeBob in the same breath as Mickey Mouse in terms of iconic 
television, American television car- cartoon characters. Of he's instantly right. recognizable. Easily, easily. Um, but to get back on track, just because we have to, that was one of those things I think we should have, yeah, <laughs> added into the Address opening. That. But that's okay. Yeah, it, 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 whenever a big creator kind of passes away, it's it's hard not to say anything. Um, but no, back to Toy Story yeah, Four. Back to I Keanu. do feel. Yeah, back to Keanu Reeves. I there's so much, so many different Keanu's they could do, and it, I honestly just having him in an animated movie, I'm I'm super down for. Yeah, I just want one. Whoa, that's that's. <laughs> oh man, then, or then just I can like, be happy. Killed my dog. <laughs> well, um, he may just be a glorified cameo. However, there's another glorified cameo that's going to be even closer around the corner. And it's one that I find super ironic, actually. So, reports are coming out that Julie Andrews, of all people, is going to have a cameo in Aquaman. But but why? (laughs) So, what I find funny about this is Aquaman comes out December 21st. December yes. 19th, Mary Poppins Returns comes out. And the movie that Julie Andrews is in is in Aquaman, not Mary Poppins. Yeah, actually, no. Now, now that you say that's really weird. I know, right? <laughs> like, maybe she is secretly cameoing in Mary Poppins Returns, which I'm not going to lie, I'll pop for because Dick Van Dyke's in it as well. But um, I'm like, really? Julie Andrews is in Aquaman. I mean, I was down for Aquaman before. Now I'm really more just like, how she's going to be running through the fields singing the sound of music and aquaman's going to be like running through the field to get to some kind of artifact the water fields <laughs> yeah <laughs> no 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 no. the field's like over in i think it's germany and he, he just like they look over him and miriam just look over and there's like some nun like dancing through, through the field and they think it's a mirage <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man but it, it's it's a random cameo, and but I don't. I mean, I have read I some really reports of what she might be, or from people that have seen it. Which side note, Aquaman is getting fantastic reviews, which makes me super happy. Um, I've Good. read some reports of what her what her cameo is, but I don't want to spoil it here. And I'm I'm more than a little hyped, and it's kind of funny what they're gonna do with her cameo, which I think is awesome. That's good, though. At least they're like, they have kind of a, a plan, and it's not going to turn into like a Stanley style cam- cameo. Oh. I mean, I, I, Deadpool's going to be doing those cameos from now on, I think. It'd be, which is No, better. I heard a better idea, which is just have a picture of Stan Lee somewhere in the background. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Or I like my that. pitch is from all Marvel movies from now on, have at least one character in every movie say the word Excelsior. Okay. I'm done. Like, yeah. Um, like, may the force be with you in Star Wars. Fair enough. Fair well, enough. Okay. This one, this news story, next news story, really came out of nowhere. That being said, I'm actually kind of really looking forward to this. So apparently Netflix has acquired the rights to and is planning on producing a Raw Doll universe on Netflix. If you don't know, Raw Doll is a British author who created Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, the BFG, Matilda, Witches, um, all those like classic Mm -hmm. books. Apparently we're getting a cinematic, I don't know if it's cinematic universe or I've read some reports that it's an animated universe. I'm down for this. I like Netflix, what they're churning out, and I grew up reading Raw Doll books, especially Charlie and the Chalk Factory. And as much as I like the Gene Wilder version, I'm still waiting on a book accurate one. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, well, <laughs> the Johnny Depp one was quote unquote closer as far as book adaptation, but it was just so weird and uncomfortable that yes. it, it, it's. We're just not going to talk about it. If you could blend um, the two, if you can blend Johnny Depp's version and Gene Wilder's together, then it's perfect. Because Gene Wilder's had the charm and the fun yeah. of the book, but the newer one 
match it a little bit closer storyline wise, but miss the entire point of the book. Also, yeah. just a pet peeve that I've always had with the Willy Wonka movies. Willy Wonka comes up to Charlie's waist. Yeah. Willy Wonka is supposed to be tiny, and Oompa Loompas are half of his size. Yeah. That just would be a weird visual, I guess, which is fine. Um, so one of the issues I I have a little bit with this, um, and this is just timing-wise, and maybe, you know, the human brain remembers more, but the age-old rule in Hollywood is if it's if it hasn't been touched in eight years, it's, it's free game. Because... Um, BFG just had a movie, I want to say, in the past five years. Um, I think it was last year. And Charlie, yeah, like it, it just came out. Uh, I don't think it did well, though, if I remember no. right. So uh, you have that for going for you. Um, was it Spielberg? But it, I believe it was. I believe it was. But it was completely animated. And I don't I don't I, I, I might go and make an effort to watch it just to see because you know who knows it might be one of those like hidden gems kind of things but because it is spielberg after all um oh, yeah but, uh, yeah yeah but my point being is we've we've already had two iterations of charlie and the Cop- chocolate factory excuse me and a one one iteration of uh um, BFG and one iteration of Matilda. Matilda is going to be the trickiest one because, like a lot of people that are watching Netflix these days, grew up with Matilda. So it's going to be, you'll have to be careful how you re- remake that, in my opinion. I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point. I didn't factor Matilda into this, but you're absolutely right. Matilda, I was never really attached to it, never really watched it that much as a kid, but I know a lot of people that are like attached to Matilda. So I could absolutely see them being a little protective of yeah. a new adaptation, which I, I completely under uh, I I understand because as I'm like you, I wasn't like a huge fan, but I do I have fond memories of Matilda. Like it was one of those movies that I enjoyed as a kid. It wasn't my favorite movie, but I enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind if it was on, mainly because of the the main the girl that plays Matilda. She's She's always one of been my been one of my favorite child actors. Uh, in the um, I want it's Christmas on Thirty Something Street. I can't yeah, remember. yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, she's in that, and she's Miracle fantastic. on Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, yeah, there it is. Gosh, I'm terrible with movie names. Um, but that's why I'm she's. Here. Yep, she's one of my favorite child actors. So I, I like her in that. And on the flip side of that, though. I think a modern adapt- adaptation of Matilda in today's a- day and age actually would be really cool. What's like, the name of the mean big lady? Oh, I don't know. All I remember is her force-feeding chocolate cake to a kid and him that, crying. That traumatized me as a kid, that chocolate cake no. scene. Yes. What traumatized me was her putting little kids in the, the box of nails. Mm-mm. I, I asked about the big military scary lady because is there any chance that the original Matilda could play her now? I actually don't know because I I, I don't know I don't think she's been in anything in a long time. Huh. So I know that would um, be something I I think would be worth uh, looking into. Because just, it makes just me think, one of them seeing what she's into. It makes me think along the lines of um, with the Adams family the. 90s movie yeah. that Christina Ritchie played Wednesday, and now a lot of people are wanting her to play Morticia Adams, and I'm kind of on board for that. Well, did you this Halloween she dressed up as Morticia, and, and she, she posted, looked looks, just like her. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> man. Anyway, uh, before I say anything terrible, <laughs> I th- I agree with you though. I think Netflix is a thing the safe bet to have this kind of property, these kinds of properties. I, in contrast, if WB picked them up, I'd be like, oh. it's an, to me, mm-hmm. Raul Dahl books are kind of an untapped potential. I think there's a lot of potential there. He's written a lot of books, a lot of really good books that haven't been used or used properly yet that I'd really be curious to see where we go with. 
Yeah, completely. I completely agree. Now, you have more of an emotional connection to this next story. So you want to take the lead on this one? I would love to. Backstory, because uh, emotional connections are worth explaining. Um, Artemis Fowl books were my alternative to Harry Potter. Because I grew up in a very conservative conservative Christian home and, you know, very much of a no, no Harry Potter. You can read it, Lord of the Rings, but no Harry Potter. So no magic. Whereas Artemis Fowl, yes, it has magic and stuff like that, but it was more sci-fi and science. So I could kind of like get away with it. So I, I read a good chunk of the Artemis Fowl books. Now, when Nathan and I put, you know... Li- all of our topics and all the news stuff that we want to talk about in each episode down on a, on a doc, Google doc. And I always <laughs> look always at it the day of <laughs> always look at, at it on the day of recording. And so most of the time we're getting ready to go. I'm like, hold on. I watched this trailer. Hold on. Um, but I have, I just happened to look at the list yesterday. I did not know that Artemis Fowl was, was, finally getting out of development hell. First of all, I didn't know anybody was wanting to make one. Um, yeah. This has I been in limbo for like 10 years, I feel like, ever since the books came out. Yeah. Which, to be fair, it, uh, it's enough like Harry Potter that you wouldn't want to try to put this up against it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, Disney's going, Crimes of Grindelwald was terrible. We have a chance now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they, it, it's a very uh, – go back to the conversation we just had about uh, doll books. It's an untapped resource. It could be really, really interesting. And the, some of the themes in, in Artemis Fowl books in some ways are deeper than, um, than Harry Potter books. The fact that this kid is, it's just a kid. He's got no, literally no parents and no adults are directing his life. It's just him doing whatever he wants. And he's just super smart. And I I'm, have always thought that it would make a good movie. But then so, we get this trailer. Moving, yeah, moving away from the source material, what did you think of yeah. the trailer itself? So I didn't, the trailer doesn't give you a lot. No, like the trailer gives you nothing. Exactly, except to kind of see the world, which I liked. I'm obviously re- reserving judgment, as I always do, um, until the actual full trailer. Um, as of right now, I'm still very down. <laughs> uh, the world looks big and fantastic and beautiful, like like it's like it's described in the books. So I, I, I'm okay with that. I, I might have to go back and reread some stuff just to kind of get my basis going again. But at the same time, I almost don't want to because I want to see their interpretation of these books in an in unbiased light, I guess, if that makes sense. So Disney is going to have a huge year next year. They have Infinity War um toy story 4 lion king star wars they're gonna have a lot of successes i don't think this is gonna be one of them sad to say i think this is gonna flop i i'm gonna disagree (laughs) i'll not be not because i really like this movie i really like not at all no 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 i disagree because i think as an alternative i think people are starting to get harry potter tired i don't that's not the phrase i want to use but that's that's one i'm thinking of right now fatigue they're getting tired of it yeah fatigue there you go but and this is a good alternative it's funny and it's (laughs) sometimes very crude um but and it'll it'll be interesting to see what parts they keep and what parts they keep that they leave behind but the fan base I think for Artemis Fowl books is what's going to make or break this. Cause and I know, that's I know why I think it's going to flop. This movie is coming out 10 years too late. This has been Maybe. sitting on the back burner for way too long. This movie, this trailer, Josh, be perfectly honest with me. If we didn't run this podcast and I didn't send you information, would you have seen this trailer? 
Most likely not. You're right. This thing really so, slipped under the radar. Like I agree. I and the tra- this first trailer, I'm sure other trailers will be better. This first trailer really underperformed for me. You don't see anything. It looks like the final shot of it is just him in the black suit walking towards you. It looks like a kid version of Men in Black. And I mean, that's basically what the show is. The books are, but yeah. yeah but it also, the trailer makes it look very generic. Um, yeah. I want I'm this movie you. to do well. I never want a movie to fail unless it's a Zack Snyder movie. Um, I, but I didn't say that out loud. Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> Um, I, this trailer looks really generic and it kind of brought me down. I'm like, okay, this is the Artemis Fowl we've been waiting 10 plus years for. I think the fandom will be there. It's a mat. I think it's one of those fandoms though, that if they hear it's not good, they'll wait for it to come on Redbox. and in a packed lineup of 2019, I could easily see this one falling by the wayside very easily because it, Artemis Fowl doesn't have the cultural relevance in 2018 that it did 10 to 15 years ago. That's fair. I'll, I'll, uh, excuse me. Sorry. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, I, I think I'm holding out. I'm hoping um, just seeing some of the stuff, remembering stuff from some of the books, if they use it, uh, it would, it has the potential to do very well because it does tap into other fandoms in certain ways as well. So, but we'll yeah. see, you know, like it's just a teaser. It's just the first poster, you know, the sky's the limit right now. If they can figure out a way to make it, make a good trailer and not pull a John Carter. Um, hey. then I think, we'll, <laughs> um, I think we'll be good. Yeah. I, I want it to do well, but that first trailer doesn't get my hopes up and it's not a property that I think was worth investing a lot of money into, and it's a little bit too late. But um, a franchise that may be on the horizon, on the flip side, though, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It is already confirmed to be getting a sequel and an all-female spinoff movie. And honestly, right now, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is sitting pretty on Rotten Tomatoes at 100%. Jesus. So, normally... We rag on Sony for getting ahead of themselves. In this case, okay, yeah, you're probably not probably a little smart here. Yeah. I I think you're way more excited for this than I am. Um really? <laughs> kind of the flip side. Yeah, kind of the flip side of this Artemis Fowl discussion. Um it looks it looks like it could be a lot of fun. I think the main issues that I'm gonna have with it personally are the the animation. The animation yeah, that seems to be very little, divisive it, among people. They either love it or they hate it. Yeah, it's very clunky. However, I'll counter that, my own point, with saying that I felt the same way about Rebels. And then I just stuck it through for like three or four episodes. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm down. And then so, did you see Rebels all the way through to see the heartbreaking season four? I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it, okay? I just... You're not, not ready for Kanan, man. You're not. I'm not ready for a lot of things in that show, okay? The last thing I saw, a good friend of ours from from the prequels came back. That's where I was last time I saw him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, um, but the animation feels a little wonky. However, it's still beautiful enough, and the acting, the voice acting, feels fun enough. <laughs> That I, I I wouldn't mind going and seeing. I don't know what they're gonna do with an all female Spider Man Spider Verse spinoff. Um, obviously, I I think the easy choice would be to have it be led by Spider Gwen. Just make it about um, her. You don't need other people. Oh, I don't know, man. There's a there's a spinoff of of Spider Man of, of a woman Spider Man that I really like that I would hope that they might tap into, but. Names like Akita, Arachna, Arachna. She's really cool, but I, I doubt it. Anyway, um, I don't know how they would do a full female one, uh, and a sequel is going to depend on how they end this one, how the story works. I think the biggest obstacle right now for Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse in terms of making money at the box office is that death slot. It's coming out a week before Aquaman, Bumblebee, uh, Mary Poppins, yeah. that death slot that a lot of movies are going to suffer at the box office. So we'll see 
um, how much it affects this in terms of the long game. I'm sure it'll have a strong opening weekend, but after that, we'll just have to wait and yeah. see. Yeah, as, as I've always said, it's the long game that matters. Opening weekend doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so it makes me excited for Into the Spider-Verse that they have this much faith in it, and it's supposedly it's super good. Speaking of super good movies, Creed 2 came out recently. I got a chance to see it over the weekend. I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this news that dropped um, Wednesday afternoon. Sylvester Stallone has come out and said that Creed 2 was his last appearance as Rocky. Um, having seen Creed 2, I can live with that. Okay. See, I haven't. So, But at the same time, everything that's been built that this movie is, especially from the trailer, trailers that I've seen anyway, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I was okay, okay with losing Rocky in Creed 1. I was. I mean, I wasn't emotionally ready for it, but it it made it still made sense if it if it happened. Without dipping into spoilers, what I had pitched in an episode or two ago does not happen. Good. Rocky does make it out of this movie okay. <laughs> so, do you think then that they're going to pull the old uh, Adrian and have her pass in between and have him pass between movies? Yes. Okay. Maybe, uh, but it maybe won't be in any of the Creed movies anytime soon. Interesting. Okay. With how Creed 2 ends without going into spoilers, I feel like I say that a lot, but without going into spoilers, I think the Rocky franchise is done for a little bit. Creed 2 felt Definitely. very... It wrapped up a lot of good loose ends. It felt very conclusive. It was a good ending. I don't know where it goes from here, which is the case for a lot of Rocky movies, but this felt very conclusive. Like, it... It was a good resolution for a lot of different characters. It felt like the end for a while, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think we both had that feeling going into this movie. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but the, everything, all the promotional material leading up to that point, gave me that feeling anyway. Yeah, there. It, what happens with Rocky at the end? It. It rewards you if you are a fan of the franchise. Like, there are certain nods to previous films and the themes of the new movie, but also what happens with Rocky's character, that certain things happen that I was, and that they're just going, no, 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 don't do that to me. Um, but in the best possible ways. So he, he kind of sees himself out, which is good. Um, it was, it's a fitting send off if this really is the last we see of him. That being said, we've heard this from Stallone before plenty of times. This is my last one. Oh, this is yeah. my last one. Rocky Five's the last one. Balboa's the last one. Creed's the last one. Yeah. So it's I mean, to be fair, Stallone is really good about writing new stories for his characters. So I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, our last news story today is also going to segue us into our main discussion. We got a full trailer for Young Justice Outsiders, finally. And boy, oh, if you weren't hyped for that season three yet, y'are now. Oh, boy. Yep. I, Young Justice, get here already. January 4th. Yes. It's only about a month away, man. Oh, man. Oh. It's going to be a long month for you. me, man. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, we say it's only about a month away now, but it's been years waiting for this season three. And that's from so, somebody, I mean, the two of us that came into the Young Justice fandom a little later after the show. Um, the no, season one and season two are what, 2011, 2012? And then we discovered it 2015? I want to say, because they put, we discovered it when. They were like, hey, we're putting this show out on Netflix. If yep. you want a season three, go everybody go watch the show so that we can get the numbers to show that on the Netflix too. There. I remember they wanted season three on Netflix originally. Yes. I so I watched the well. pilot of Young Justice and I couldn't get through the first ten minutes. I thought it was really boring. The first time I tried watching it, and then uh as most of you listening at home may know or may not know 
Josh and I watched Young Justice at a very, very unhealthy rate. Yes. So also there's 46 episodes rate. in the two seasons. We watched 46 episodes in two days. I mean, we happened to have a weekend with very little homework, so. <laughs> I, I don't remember how much homework we had. <laughs> yeah, I remember whatever homework we did have didn't get done. That's all I know. <laughs> but yes, we watched all 46 episodes in the span of two days. Basically yeah. got up at 9 or 10, just went yeah. all the way through. We're like, one more, one more, one more. So we're really attached to the Young Justice franchise. And we'll get into this more in our discussion, but it's absolutely one of the best DC animated shows. And clearly by this trailer, as we speculated, there's definitely been a time jump. Nightwing is... Oh, yeah. I'd say maybe two or three years older. Like, it doesn't seem like a significant jump. That being said, I like some of the costume changes. Yes. Dick coming out with the, 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 the full black with very little blue costume. I, I think actually that's a stealth suit. Really I agree, but I actually really liked it. Me too. Uh, I was like, Ooh, keep that. Keep it. Keep it. That being said, um, his regular Nightwing also has some slight alterations. The Nightwing itself, the logo is a little bit bigger and the mask is a little bit wider. Yes. Um, and his face also, looks a older. Uh, the big, one of the big things that came out of this for me was Artemis as uh, Tigress is back. Uh-huh. Which, means she, which most likely means she's undercover. So, mm-hmm. or, she, or the death of, oh, wait, it's um, throw us off. Yeah. Uh, some stuff that has happened to her in season two uh, has driven her over the edge, which is entirely possible. So I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I like that prospect. And yeah. Think, I mean, come on. You got to think, lie. though, how are they going to introduce or reintroduce that individual character? I don't think they will. I think... I think, oh, I think dude, imagine be like, the hey, season like, three finale you know what, you know sees him yeah. come back. Ah, uh, see, I almost, so ever since, all right, you know what? We're going to have to put a, a disclaimer, spoiler warning, uh, because I, I've got to talk about certain things that happened in season two in order for, to make my, my case. Um, but so if you haven't seen the Young Justice series, just, just go see it. It's fantastic. I think it's only right now up on the DC streaming service, though, however. I think. I think. That's the only place I've been able to find it, honestly. And even it's kind of actually weirdly hard to find on DVD. Um, (laughs) I got it on Blu-ray because I knew it would be hard to find. Well, Amazon, dude. I mean, I know we can't all be cool like you. Some of us don't have mailing addresses. Um, Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like but, a personal uh, problem so it is a personal problem it's having a lot of money um but so there there's your spoiler warning okay pause for effect so that you can move on if you need to and kid co- flash okay, is dead. so i what's up kid flash is dead no he's not you just oh, no, 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 yeah, spoiler right. kid, warning, kid flash is dead. yeah kid flash is dead yes so he, because um, it's Impulse that's a, that's the new one. Um, which yeah, he's I the popped third gen. In the, I, yeah, I popped in the, for the trailer because I thought that was Kid Flash for a second, and then he talked, and I was like, okay, no, that's Impulse, we're good. Huh. So um, I go back and forth on whether or not I want Kid Flash to come back because I think the emotional trauma of him disappearing the way he did um, would be cheapened depending on how they brought him back. Yeah. Um, I, I'm conflicted. I can see him coming back. However, my bold claim for season three is that he won't be the only dead hero that comes back. Who else is dead? Jason... Frickin' Todd. Uh, oh, that's right, because that happens in between season one and two, and they just kind of gloss over it. Yes, it does. There's a they, scene they, they, in they, season two where you see a shrine of all the fallen heroes, like Ted Kord, yeah. the Blue Beetle, 
um, Jason Todd as Robin, and they never bring it up. I think Red Hood no, no, no. season three. I would agree. Uh, they do bring it up very briefly. And I um, think they glossed over it for a reason. No, no, no. I know. I agree. But they do bring it up like like very subtly in season two. It's like towards the end when uh, Batman is and everybody's free and whatnot. And he's talking to Nightwing or whatever, and like talking, he says something to the effect as I thought I lost another one. Yeah, and, and they're like, yeah, and they are like, and like, and it's him, it's Batman, Nightwing, and um, Tim that are all right there, and they all like nod like knowingly, and you're like, hey, wait a second, no, <laughs> don't you dare do that. Oh, uh, anyway, but yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if Red Hood makes an appearance. Which means Ra's al Ghul is probably gonna have to make an appearance. Again, um, he's already been again. in the first two seasons. I know, but but still, uh, yeah, it'll be it, nice to have him back. Yeah, I would. I'm kind of looking forward to, depending on the time jump, seeing a uh, upper to mid twenties uh, static shock. Yes, uh, he's in the trailer. I don't know what age range he seems yeah. to be. Probably. Upper teens, I think. Yeah, like, because what was it in Batman Beyond that the time tra- travel static shock was one of the coolest things ever? Oh yeah. Well, we could probably <clears throat> talk on Young Justice all day, but thankfully awesome. that's our main discussion topic. But before we get into <laughs> our discussion, let's throw out a sponsor really quick. Josh, who's our sponsor this week? Um. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Sony. We're gonna renew your your. PlayStation Plus account, whether you want to or not. And thank goodness for PlayStation 4, or else Sony would be under right now. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, yeah. (laughs) They're going, look, we did Venom. You like us now, right? (laughs) No, Sony, we don't. Okay, well, we're going to give you all these free games like once once a month. I mean, you have my interest. (laughs) Well... Transitioning back to Young Justice, our discussion topic for the day is the best DC animated TV shows of all time because, holy crap, DC has a long and storied history with animated television. And, man, when they deliver, they really deliver. And Young Justice is just the most recent in that line. And I'm going to give my hot take here. I think as much as it is beloved... I think Young Justice is way better than Teen Titans. I do not agree. I'm sorry, I don't disagree. Jeez. What? what I, you're confusing it, me now. Yeah, no, like, I completely agree. Because as much as I love Teen Titans, as as good as that show is, and it's a really good show. Oh, absolutely. It's, it is more of like a younger teens show. Whereas Young Justice does feel... Like more of a not an adult show, but more it's got a different age range, I think, and it hits a lot more notes that Teen Titans I don't uh, doesn't really want to go. And Teen Titans in some ways is kind of written into a corner that they can only deal with certain things that the, their five heroes deal with. Yeah, I think. So, the reason Teen Titans is like so beloved is this like rabid fan base that got it like just at the right time that they are like Teen Titans is the way to go. There's no other version of Teen Titans. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Teen Titans, but there seems to be like this holiness in the comic book world of like Teen Titans is the untouchable animated show yeah. that must be praised at all times. I'm like, it was good, but it's no by no means the best DC animated show of all time, yeah. which we'll it's, talk about later. That one, I don't think there's any discussion, really, about yeah. who's the number one of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I um, The big thing about Teen Titans for me, and this is just because I'm just a dork, um, is it's not very comic book accurate. If you're going to sit here and say which one's the best, that one, Teen Titans doesn't, I mean, it captures the essence of every character, but it does take liberties and kind of goes off on its own stories. Which, so if you're going to talk about, which isn't bad, it's just, no. which I'll, I'll get on my weird pedestal. Um, people need to give Teen Titans go a break. I know we're going to get lambasted for that. Um, Teen Titans, the original, 
took liberties with the characters, and people loved it. Teen Titans Go takes liberties, and it's for different generations. So just because it's yeah. not for you as a target audience doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It's just not targeted for you. It's a different style. And mm-hmm. really, if you're paying attention, <laughs> the the liberties that they take with Teen Titans Go are the same ones they take with T- the original Teen Titans show. They're just exaggerated. Yeah. They're the same things. Everything's the, everything's the same. It's the same show. It really is. It's just exaggerated. And, One's uh, more focused I think on it was comedy. You and I, yeah, exactly. It, I think you and I um, said this once. Um, the original Teen Titans show was focused more on the missions and the stories about from the missions, whereas Teen Titans Go is focused more on their their friendship and their the lives outside of the missions. Yeah, and I think the reason why I always put Young Justice ahead of Teen Titans is Young Justice... There's not a single skippable episode that at least something happens that doesn't come into the story overall later on. Absolutely. Uh, that episode with um, the uh, Red Tornado, it starts off feeling like a like a filler, and then it just turns into definitely not a filler episode. Yes. Um, <sighs> like Teen Titans, as is the case with any kid show – you're going to have some filler episodes that are just kind of there to be an episode. But Young Justice, on the yeah. other hand, um, always has something that's contributing to an overall arcing narrative. Yes, Teen Titans had subplots like the Red X storyline or the Terra storyline. Young Justice, it's like one story arc per season with many narratives, which I much prefer as a narrative structure. I agree. Also, they do a better um, job of balancing. Young Justice has a bigger cast, but you still yeah. care about everybody. Yeah, you you never feel like there's a character that's been forgotten. <laughs> Except Jason Todd. Well, that's because they don't bring him up. Anyway. Um, but yes, that is far. These shows of Teen Titans and Young Justice are far from the only good DC animated shows. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to bust out the big one. The best DC animated show of all time, bar none, not even close. Emmy winner, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the like no brainer, man. I mean, <laughs> it's the only one fair. to you win an Emmy, like, I think, still. I think so too, but it, it, it's also the one that started it all. And yeah. like, it's it's one of the shows that did take uh, a few creative license as far as characters. Not but many. Like, not many, but it literally created a character that is now a household name in Harley Quinn. people Quinn. still misinterpret. Yes, they do. But still, it, it's incredible what that show did, especially with the time, the animation style that it used and the, the time it came out. It's 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 an incredible show. I'll tell you what, man. They tried to do the Superman animated series, and it had no, not as much kind of swing as the uh, Batman animated series did. Like it, don't get me wrong. Superman the animated series is fine, and I'd watch it as a kid if it was on. But nothing holds a candle to Batman the animated series. And believe me, Warner Brothers tried. They had so many spinoff shows, which were always good, but could never match the quality. You had Superman, the animated series, Batman Beyond, which in its own right was awesome, but not to the level that Batman animated series was. Actually, maybe Batman Beyond won an Emmy. I can't remember. I can't remember either, but I do remember Batman Beyond uh, because unlike you, I didn't grow up with the Batman animated series. Um, the most interaction with DC TV growing up that I had was I watched episodes of uh, Superman animated series at my grandparents. Um, and then I discovered Batman Beyond. Uh, the, the first interaction with that was the movie they did with the return of the Joker, and, which Ooh. is an incredible film. Um, if you ever want, want to watch some good animation um, and story wise, geez, um, they really have you going for most most of the movie. That's also but, one of the first uh, Batman 
um, movies to really put Tim Drake in the spotlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it kind of makes you think uh, uh, what all these people actually go through and what, what do their lives look at, look like after they're done. And that's really like what Batman Beyond was kind of about was, yeah, okay, there's Terry and he's doing his thing and trying to find his place in the world. And there's a lot of really cool stuff that he has to deal with um, as far as being Batman in the future and having to step in these shoes that he has, you know, kind of a relationship relationship to, but not really, not like Nightwing would. Um, So, but at the same time, you're looking at the failing health of a, of a legend in Bruce Wayne. So it's, it's just, it's such an interesting show to me. Yeah. It it also like gave classic villains new ways to be presented. Like when they show Bane and traumatized children everywhere. Yes. Oh man. But Um, even like the new, the new jokers were the, the Joker gang or whatever. They like, they, it was a whole other level of messed up with them. Also, going back to Batman Beyond and Batman Animated Series, those two shows produced some fantastic spinoff films with Mask of the Phantasm, Sub-Zero, Mystery of the Batwoman, like you said, oh, Return yeah. of the Joker. And if, if I, I, obviously I know we're not bringing the, the, the movies into, the animated movies into this discussion because we could talk here literally for two hours about just the animated movies. Um, but that that has always been my thing with DC is they, for some reason, the cinematic universe live action can't get its wheels going, but their TV shows and their animated movies are just the best. Oh, they're so good. I could talk for two hours just on Mask of the Phantasm or two hours just on Under the Red Hood. I mean, that's because you're a nerd, unlike me. <laughs> Who's the one that's married here? Uh, so anyway, um, we, won't, we, won't, we won't touch that with a thousand foot pole. Um, but, I'm, I'm going to transition now to what I believe is actually the most underrated and underappreciated DC animated show. Primarily because it tried to do some radically different things. And... While it had success, I don't think it got the success or notoriety that it deserved. And that's The Batman. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this show. Because, to me, that's my Batman. Like, that's the Batman I, like, really grew up with. Really? Yes. Because that was the that was the Batman I grew up with. Like, hey, it's Saturday. Batman's on it at at eight o'clock. Got, got to yeah. get up. Yeah, that was the Batman I grew up with. If we're going to talk about like growing up with a Batman, because and I remember seeing Joker for the first time and being so radically different, but like also being so incredibly intriguing on what that kind of means for the character. And just every every character in that show has a cool spin on it that I really enjoyed. Which I think that's part of the reason why the Batman as a whole has kind of a critical divide because some people really like some of the reworks and some people really don't. For me personally, some of the redesigns work. Like Joker, I actually think is really cool, especially the Riddler had a fantastic redesign. Not everybody did. The older I get, the less and less I like um, Bane on that show. Oh, man. He's one of my favorites. Um, I love the redesign of Mr. Freeze, but I don't know if it's as yeah. good as the animated series. Fair. But, um, like the TV shows before it, um, the Batman also had a really good spinoff movie with Batman versus Dracula, which is almost like a Halloween yeah, tradition for me. It's very good. I, I've, I've always liked the way that they in that show depicted Bruce and yes. you get more of the feeling that Bruce Wayne is the mask from that show. It's re- and I really, really like that. Yeah. Also it, the Batman wasn't afraid to do almost like Elseworld stories. There's at least one or two that I remember, like they flash forward in time and you kind of get like a dark Knight yeah. returns vibe. They tried new and different things and some people, that really worked for them. Other people, not so much. For me, I liked seeing 
bold new directions for the Batman yeah. from the art style, which was radically different from the animated series, some new character stories, some new motivations. It was all new stuff, which I I was down for. So we're talking about underappreciated, probably under the radar shows. I think I know um, where you're going. I don't know. I don't know if you do. We're going to find out. Um, one of the other shows that I grew up with, which actually has nothing to do with Batman, is called Legion of Superheroes. Not where I thought you were going with it. Where did you think I was going? Static Shock. I mean, yeah, but that's Static we'll Shock. We'll get there. It's awesome. We'll get there. So have you ever heard of Legion of Superheroes? I have. Okay. I love this show. It's unique. Again, I, I think the thing that the theme that goes with me uh, from show to show here is that it's different and it's not like just comic book to TV. Um, Legion of Superheroes, for those who don't know, is about a young Clark Kent who's discovering his powers, um, gets transported in time by a form of Brainiac who's a good guy to the future <laughs> to help out the this like almost Teen Titans feel of a of a team. And so you have this Superman character who has no idea who he is and on top of that he's walking into a world where he is a legend but he's he himself is not that legend yet. It's almost like Man of Steel but with a kid. And hopeful yeah, exactly. And he, the, you, so you end up getting all these like really interesting like new characters and new different takes on characters because it is it's the, it's the future. So and they did a lot of like really fun um, because it's it's you know more like a space adventure than anything else. Uh, you get these new aliens. You get this new fantastic you know, world where Superman can do all these really fun things and you have new characters. It's, it was, it's a really interesting TV show. It only ran for about a couple of seasons, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. I remember the artwork cause it reminded me a lot of, what's that like extreme version of the Looney Tunes that looked a um, lot like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. stretched out and kind of tall and lanky characters. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing too, is they, the show outside of the art style, which it, it get the art style itself lended some different and cool designs to characters. It wasn't afraid to tackle <laughs> unconventional villain teams. Mm. I think there was like a, a, a Legion of doom that was not like, it wasn't like the original lineup and stuff like that. It was really cool, but yeah. Speaking of unconventional, Static Shock was awesome. <laughs> hey, look at that segue. <laughs> I mean, I say unconventional because Static Shock, one, he has unconventional powers, but also some of the storytelling that they did was unconventional. Oh, yeah. They they really, like, so because you gave me the password, I went back and watched a few episodes a couple days ago. Um, the '90s vibe is very strong with this show. Oh yeah, it's almost it's it's almost painful. <laughs> what what I'm always kind of amazed with with Static Shock is they were never afraid to tackle big issues on that show, like real life issues. Yeah. Um. They, they, that was and that was something that Teen Titans tried to do, and for the most part was successful at, but nothing to the level of uh, of Static Shock. Because I mean, like the first episode is him dealing with a bully that's white, and they yeah, play, I remember and, like, there was a lot of racially with, charged episodes. Oh well, yeah, it, I mean, well, obviously because your character, your main, your lead character is black, but at the same time, like. The very first episode, he's dealing with gangs. What show at that time was uh, what kids what show animated show at least was dealing with kids and uh, kids and gangs. Yeah, like Stack Shock really. While the superhero aspect was always really cool, they tackled a lot of really mature and interesting topics for a kids show, which 
Yeah. I appreciate it even more as an adult now. I, I It's definitely lended itself to a lot of uh, rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Um, a show that has lended a lot of re- rewatchability for me that we haven't talked about yet that is Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. That is exactly where I was going to transition to next. Thanks for reading my mind. You're welcome. No problem. What I've noticed <laughs> upon rewatches is, though, is something I didn't really notice as a kid. Season one is nothing but multi-parters. Like, season one is, like, part one of three, part two of four. Like, yeah. the other episodes of, like, the later seasons would be, like, individualistic and you could focus on other characters. But I, I thought it was weird that season one focused so heavily on various arcs. Yes. That being said, what? both are awesome. Oh, I agree. And the the movie, because it's the movie that transitions the show from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited, isn't it? Which movie? It's the the one with Martian Manhunter. Where they, like, discover Martian, and, like, Martians attack the, the Earth and stuff. I, no, that was the pilot episode, dude. What? The pilot up the pilot story arc of Justice League was them discovering Martian Manhunter, I thought. Uh I thought it was. Yeah, go back. It it's like, like a three episode arc. Okay, well, geez, there's that. Because I thought like how it was they like they break a whole, out Superboy like, and Young Justice. Movie. They break out Martian Manhunter and Justice League. They do. Um But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I could have sworn it was a movie that tra- what transitions it then? There Justice was no transition. It was literally just, hey, we want to focus on people besides the core seven. All right. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I agree, though. It's it's a fantastic show, and it's funny because most of the really cool clips um, that you get that kind of surface on YouTube every now and then are from these two shows. Oh, yeah. Like Superman just going ham on people, Superman dying... Um, um, an emphasis Batman on minor characters. Batman. Yeah, like we got a lot of time it, with the question or Green Arrow and Black Canary before we even had like the Arrow to have like Green Arrow type stories. They folk tried yeah. to focus on lesser known characters, which was really cool in trying to establish this greater comic book world out there. Yeah, it definitely made you feel, especially in Unlimited, that this superhero world is really big. And like in some ways, for me as a kid, um, I always pictured the Watchtower as like this small satellite station. And then like once you kind of get ease your way into Justice League Unlimited, you kind of realize like there's no way that the Watchtower is a small station. Because there are hundreds of members at, at one point. So, like, it, you, there's just no way. Yeah. Um, it was... They could tell such interesting stories because they really did just, like, dip into their gigantic sandbox of toys. You could have Lobo, Doomsday, Dark Side, Apocalypse... Anything really in the DC universe you wanted to try, you could try it on Justice League, which as a viewer made you always excited because you could see anything on any given week and it would be a really cool new adventure. Yeah, I agree. I I, I have vivid memories of uh, Mongol showing up a couple yep. times. And like, what? Who is this guy? So, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think... Uh, a couple quick what? other ones just briefly talking about. I really yes. liked Beware the Batman, even though that only lasted one season. Kind of like the 3D animated Batman. Oh, yeah. That one I didn't think I would like, but that actually was pretty good. Never watched Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, I no. refused to. That looked really dumb, but I heard it was pretty good. I, it's one of those things I think it's also for a different generation than ours. Yeah, kind that's of like why I didn't watch ago. it. Yeah. Um, and I think... We would be amiss of talking about animated series from DC if we didn't talk about Super Friends. I was wondering if we were going to talk Super Friends. Uh, 
Yeah, without Super Friends, there would be nothing else. Sure, Super Friends has not aged well, and it kind of ruined Aquaman for a couple of years because people always thought Super Friends Aquaman, but that seems to be remedied now. Thanks, Jason Momoa. I've defended Aquaman Appreciate for long enough that I don't need to anymore. But yeah. Super Friends, without that, and I think the 60s Batman, we wouldn't have the comic book landscape that we do now. I would agree. And I think as campy and as weird as it was, like, it still was fun. It was good, like, good, solid Saturday morning enter- entertainment. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and there's like, there's still parts of it that are in the popular culture. Like, meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Or meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice. Um, <laughs> or the Wonder Twins. <laughs> Oh no! Funny twins powers activate. I remember when Injustice Two came out. Some like I don't think it was Boss Logic, but one of those like make fake stuff accounts made this fake picture of the Wonder Twins handshake and tried to pass that off as this is DLC coming for Injustice Two, and people were losing their minds. And I'm just going, that ain't going to happen. And I don't want Wonder Twins. That being said, there's there's always a place for Wonder Twins. Somewhere. Okay, so here's the problem: is I didn't know about that, and now I kind of want Wonder Twins DLC. Uh, are you sure? Well, you'd have both of them, and only one of them actually does anything. Exactly, I know, but you, they do that with characters like, um, like you could set them up like the Ninja Turtles. Which have it, have it, I love the Ninja Turtles on Injustice. Like if you're gonna put Enchantress on there, just because she's in, in a Suicide Squad movie and does absolutely nothing, um, why not? <laughs> why not the Wonder Twins? Because I mean, that the would be Wonder Twins make them really they belong cool. right next to Mick, Mr. Mixel Pitalik. Listen, <laughs> I'm starting a hashtag: Make the Wonder Twins Great Again. <laughs> Wow, anyway. I I don't even know how to segue out of that. <laughs> Good luck. It, ooh, watch and learn, buddy. Watch and learn. It is a wonder that any of these shows came later without this show happening. There we go. It really is because it's kind of bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's Marvel may have their A game, but when it comes to animated shows. DC reigns supreme. Marvel has some good ones, but DC will, in my mind, forever reign supreme when it comes to animated TV shows and animated movies, which I'm sure will be a discussion for a later date of best DC animated movies, because, oh gosh, that's going to be a long discussion. Um, But we'd like to hear from you guys. What are some of your favorite DC animated shows? Did you grow up with Batman animated series? Did you grow up with The Batman, Super Friends? Uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below. We always appreciate hearing from you guys. Josh, any last-minute thoughts to send us home with? Not really. I mean, just if you're not watching in DC animated shows, you're missing out. Oh, yeah. It's not just superheroes. There's a lot of good stories and characters to be had within those, and maybe the live-action movie should take a hint or two from those animated ones. Maybe. Well, I think that's about wraps it up for us this week. And as always, if you like what you see and want to see more, subscribe to whatever audio device you're listening to this on, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, whatever else, be sure to subscribe there. And if you're not listening on YouTube, you can also check us out on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.